Okay, fellas, 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 fellas. Y'all ready? Because I think oh, it's man. about damn time for another episode of What You Spinning. It's What You Spinning episode 66. Uh, I'm Dorian, joined as always by Jake and Matt. We're all here on a beautiful Saturday from our homes. Jake's patient zero. Matt and I are Jay chilling, bald and beautiful as ever. Mm-hmm. Um, but how you fellas doing? Doing good. Jake's haggard. <laughs> For what it's worth, I'm I'm here. I'm alive. Um, yeah. Oh, we'll, we'll we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll make it through. We're happy. Thank you for thank you for toughing it out, sticking it through to crank yeah. out an episode with us. Yeah, thank you. Doing that. Uh, That's have to. We have. That's dedication. Dedication. All right. Hell yeah. Well, I'm super stoked for today's topics. Do we just want to dive right in, or is uh, anybody have anything cool music-wise that they want to share? Ooh, something funny. Uh, French Montana dropped an album that's like six hours long or something. Well, it's not really six hours long, but it's like there's like ten remixes to each song. What the fuck? Yeah, it's it's stupid. It's fucking stupid. That's just silly. That's wild. It's, it's really dumb. I that I thought that was just funny. I was like, oh, there's a instrumental version, and then there's an acapella version, and then there's a mix <laughs> version, and then there's like three other versions. I'm like, this is stupid. Um, he just did. You know, he did the acapella so that way people would remake the song for him. Yeah, it's That's so it's, weird. It's dumb and. I guess in other news, uh, Schoolboy Q is album ready, I think, mm-hmm. in March, right? Mm-hmm. I think Blue March Lips. 1st. Yeah. March 1st, like, fucking Friday? I'm still or something. Yeah. Yeah, next Friday. Speaking of Schoolboy Q, yeah, I went back and listened to some 2015-2016 uh, Top Dog Cuts uh, to Pimp a Butterfly uh from kendrick and then blank face by schoolboy q and i was just like god damn you know i've just been going back and revisiting random pieces and i was like damn these are fucking intense albums like these are just so heavy like great schoolboy q just rapping about being a crip for fucking <laughs> for fucking 17 songs <laughs> it's yeah. like god damn dude hell yeah uh but no, other than that just uh these these three albums, man. Wild picks. Wild picks. Let me think about wild. it. Wild. Shall we then? Let's, yeah. Why not? Jump yeah. in. Jump oh, in. Yeah. Let's, let's go ahead and jump in with Jake's pick. What you got for me, big fella? Yeah, so uh, Curtis Mayfield, uh, 1972 Superfly. Um, it's the soundtrack to the movie that also is titled the same name, Superfly. There's some shots of the movie. Um, the soundtrack is actually, funny enough, like, way more recognizable than the film. Uh, and it was a lot more successful than the film. The film's pretty, pretty funny, pretty good. 
I watched it this morning again, just because why not? But it's like some soul, some funk. It's very early 70s. It has that feel. It, it's 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 some good stuff. It's it's uh I like I like soul and funk and jazz and kind of going in that that area that genre. It's more my field. But um, yeah, what are your guys' takeaways from this one? Uh, yeah, I mean, fuck, man, it's a it is a super super fly perfect title. Uh, I mean, that's it's oozing with you know, uh, just what's it called soul glow that it's just like (laughs) it's just yeah it's just so 70s and it is you know curtis mayfield uh doing his thing uh and it is it's really uh that genre and like that era of music like at its peak you know uh with pusher man and everything that's like one of the most iconic songs from that era and from that genre you know how many times has that been sampled on albums that we've talked about on this podcast you know (laughs) Like so, it's uh, it's really cool to get to like cover this and kind of dive into this genre again because we kind of flirted with it before. So, I loved it. Yeah, I love uh, I love Curtis Mayfield. I feel like him and Marvin Gaye were like that staple of the early seventies. You know, putting soul and funk on the map and making it more mainstream. And I think they both contributed a lot lyrically and musically. And you can kind of hear it in both their their deliveries, the soulfulness behind their their voices. Um, and his lyrics on this album are, you know, about the, the poverty issues and the drug issues. It's not like a, it's not like a, a happy album or trying to like glorify anything about pimping. It's kind of a, it's a sad lyrical album, but the music is so powerful. I think it has a great message. And I think coming out at the time it did in the early seventies with Marvin Gaye, like with what's going on, that album being huge, uh, those two just set it off. And I think since then it's been getting better and better, but they definitely, you know, were the forefront of, Funk and soul, for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, this album, and along with the film, it like kind of pioneered uh, like black exploitation films, um, and then being um, like just a growing uh, like theme in, in in music, especially in movies that were um, like culturally appropriated to that genre. Um, and yeah, the it feel like the film. It feels like it was made for the album. Like the album, like you hear it all throughout the movie, and it, it like in places where, or like it matches perfectly, and everything about it, and every setting on the film, it it goes like hand to hand. Um, it has that very uh, very old school like seventies like. You know, they say like jive techies and you know all this stuff and cocaine and hustling. But at the same time, yeah, the message behind everything—it's um, you know—it's for a deeper meaning, a deeper sense, especially what was going on back then. Um, and it was still a growing, a growing issue. Um, but yeah, besides that, like in a lyrical and you know a musical standpoint, it's very well made. Um, it had a big pivot for soul music and funk music um Chris Mayfield he was uh this being his third album it was already getting success off of Curtis um this just kind of ramped it up a whole lot more and it made him to go on to do other uh soundtracks for other movies too so it helped everyone out and it helped the genre out a lot at the time there's something to be said too about just driving like at night slowly listening to that song is just so like 
I don't know, it's just classic. And that was a huge single on this album, too. I think that was one of the biggest in this album. Blew off the shelves, and I just set him off. But that song, I love that song. Yes. And there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff within this album that, uh, you know, as I mentioned earlier, like gets sampled. But then there's also like kind of musical, like the like musical runs that ended up being popularized. Like speaking of Freddie's Dead, like that da 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 like that little sequence, like that pattern has been done so many times over since. I feel like like I hear you hear that all the time, especially within this genre, and so. It is, you know, like you said, Jake, it, it did really do a lot for it, you know, because it kind of laid, it's a cornerstone within, you know, the early 70s and the the funk and soul movement. And it is kind of funny if you think about it. Like, I feel like it's funny to think about Curtis Mayfield and Marvin Gaye because they're, for some reason, I feel like Marvin, like Marvin Gaye, it's like, yeah, this is like smooth, you know, sensual kind of stuff. But then Curtis Mayfield, it kind of is as well, but it's like, this is like scumbaggy. Like it kind of has like a little layer of like it is funk. Like it's got kind of like a f- extra funkiness to it that it's like it's kind of grimier. You know, it's not as and so it's it's like it's soul. Funny. What was that? Soul with the backhand. You know. Yes, exactly. And I I love it. And it's this album is oozing with that. You know, it's like he had to title something "Love Song" in parentheses, and it's like we got it, man. We understood. Like we didn't need the extra parenthetical. Uh, so no, just what this did for the genre you're right is is impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even with some of the song titles, it's um, you know like Pusher Man, like you, everyone knows what that's referring to. Um, the Junkie Chase, that's like perfect in a scene where like he's running after some guy that like just mugged him in the alley. Like it goes through scenes where they're running through the street and running through apartments and all this stuff. Um, and Superfly, you know, it, it's just just like iconic for the soundtrack for it to go with the movie hand in hand. And then even afterwards they had uh, like a couple spinoffs and they just made one uh, like in 2018, I want to say and another super fly. So it's still uh, held on and people have tried bringing it back and doing different uh, spinoffs of it. But um, yeah, culturally it had a big, a big impact. Um, musically, it, it kind of launched what he already was. Excuse me, what he how, how big he already was, Curtis Mayfield, um, and just the, also the leading actors in this, like uh, O'Neill, Ron O'Neill, um, as the main protagonist. Like it also gave him a lot of recognition. Um, so yeah, it was. It was a great one. I, I've always loved listening to this. It was funny when we would work together. I would play Pusher Man every now and then, and I'd be like, oh, I probably shouldn't play this here when we're working. But every now and then I had to slip in a couple songs in rotation. So, but yeah, it's it's been a fan favorite of mine for, for long, for the longest. For, for good reason, too, man. Like, there's even the little instrumentals like Junkie Chase, and then what is it, Think? You know, like just the you get that classic like funk like riff that just so it's just so classic, man. Like I can't help but think of like, you know, a 71 like Chevy just like jumping railroad tracks and like getting chased by a cop car, you know, and like 
bottoming out. Like I haven't seen the movie, but I assume that there's like crazy. It's got to be mm-hmm. something like that because it's all that makes me think about. You know, is exactly what you've described. It's like yeah, I can make it makes sense as to why you know they they go hand in hand like that. No, definitely. Um, uh, yeah, if we got nothing else, I got uh, top threes that I can get into. We could. We could. Um, so, honorable mention for me, I'm going to go uh, Freddy's Dead. I love that song. Um, it it was probably the biggest song on the album when uh, it came out. Uh, top three, I'm going to go Junkie Chase. Um, I love that. And it's just like, in my head, it's just like, you can see it like it are you can already envision even though if you have if you haven't seen the movie you could still envision just what that song means it put it paints a perfect picture uh give me your love uh and then my favorite song uh it's always been pusher man i love that song mm-hmm. that little bongos on it it's it's perfect yeah a well put together start to finish you know with the instrumentals in there it added a lot more to the album i I, I find those to be my favorite ones. Uh, my honorable mention was Think. That was a great way to end the album. Uh, then 321, I got Freddy's Dead as number three. Uh, Give Me Your Love is number two. And I like Pusher Man. It's just a classic Superfly song. Can't go wrong with that one. Yeah, I think we all agree on at least one thing here. Uh, honorable mentions for me, uh, no, th- uh, no Thing on Me. And second one, Give Me All Your Love. And then number three, Junkie Chase. Number two, Freddy's Dead. And number one, Pusher Man. Just can't get over that bass line. And Jake, you said it first, the fucking bongos, man. It's just dumb. It's too good. Shout out Curtis Mayfield. Shout out Jake for picking this one. Yeah, good album. Hell yeah. Well, that was 1972, right? Yep. 1972's Superfly by Curtis Mayfield, the soundtrack for the movie of the same name. Go ahead and give that a watch. I know I definitely will. Uh, classic funk and soul shit. Uh, it's what you spend in episode 66. We'll be right back to dive into Matt's. Peace. Not the best quality, I think, but we'll see. It's on the list for sure. But anyway, enough about me. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, It's time to talk about Matt's pick for this week. One I'm particularly interested in chatting about. Um, What you got for me, big fella? I went back to the year 1989 uh, with an industrial music pick, uh, kind of a pioneer in that music genre. It's going to be Ministries album. The Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste from 1989. Uh, Ministry is a band that kind of came into their own in the early 80s through like early poppy music and then kind of changed to industrial music um, in a good way. And uh, this is one of their first three albums that kind of set that that frontier of industrial music. This is heavy and a lot of sample heavy music, uh, a lot of movie dialogue was sampled it's just it has everything in there and i think they kind of set the bar for that kind of music early on other bands that we like like floater 
Primus, uh, numerous other bands kind of took from them as far as samples and run with it. But Ministry is a unique band. They can be heavy at times, a little too heavy, um, but they can also be kind of uh, dreamy. And I think the instrumental uh, songs on this album kind of showcase that a little bit. Al Jorgensen's a great musician, been through a lot. Uh, I read his autobiography and he's an interesting guy, um, definitely a smart guy, um, been through a lot. And I think he's able to portray that through his music very well. And he's still doing it today. I'm going to go see them live next week here in Eugene at the McDonald Theater. Excited to see that show. Uh, what did you guys think of the album? I liked it. Uh, my first introduction to ministry. Um, <clears throat> I was reading online that a lot of people kind of, it, it's like heralded as one of their best albums. Um, I could see why, dude. The sampling, I caught that almost right away the the use of sampling that they have uh was really neat um and it kind of it felt like ahead of its time at first like this in some ways sounded like white zombie and rob zombie some songs i was like why does this sound familiar when this came out like 10 years before that did uh and for this to be like in the late 80s it's yeah it very much pioneered their genre um and it's it's another one of those albums that, you know it's short uh and sweet but it's right to the point it's right in your face um and they don't hold back on it and it's good yeah i mean it's it's uh you you were right you know it's, it's it is heralded as uh you know one of the pioneering albums in the industrial genre and matt you said it perfectly like this album in ministry kind of as a whole crawled so a lot of the bands that we've covered on here before could could walk you know what i mean uh you know like a sample of sample heavy industrial act coming out in 1989 is weird you know like to think that the genre didn't really like gain traction until the late 90s so you know you have something as in intense industrial and as heavy as this coming out in 89 is like what the fuck was going on in 1989 man like that was that it predated nirvana it predated pearl jam like what the fuck and then hellbilly deluxe doesn't come out until 14 years after that like what the fuck <laughs> like <laughs> rammstein are you kidding yeah. like it and it's it's that's what's wild to think about right is that how much it does you know jake it does sound like a bunch of other stuff because it's like oh yeah because this is like they all bit this album you know like they were just replicating this basically which you know in a in a different way obviously you know uh but there's all sorts of stuff on here that i'm like jesus christ like yeah rammstein had to be listening to this marilyn manson had to be listening to this you know <laughs> like throw a dart at anybody in that realm and it's like yeah they a mind is a terrible thing to taste was like their favorite album in high school or something you know <laughs> I like the guitars too. The use of guitars and drums. I think they had to get two drummers to finish this album at one point. But the guitars are—I don't know. You hear the guitars and you kind of know it's ministry. It's that crunchy, and I hate that word industrial, but that's the that's the the the, the vibe they have. You know, it's all about that guitar noise, and uh, they do it so well. I love listening to them. It's a good it's a good way to pump yourself up for any event. You listen to this album and you're ready to go. Oh, for sure for sure it's um and one thing that i did like about it 
that was an interesting like the way it was mixed to me was kind of interesting like his the vocal track is kind of buried behind this like just wall of noise like you know like the guitars are really just creating like this hectic wall that it just looks like tv static you know it's just like ones and zeros are just going by and then al jorgensen's vocals is just like kind of doesn't get buried necessarily but it is kind of like lower in the mix which is interesting it it can be faint on some of the tracks you almost want to hear it more um but at the same time the music go well together and it blends really well right it's like it shouldn't work as well as it does you know what i mean like not being able to hear that vocal it's like oh yeah i do want more of it but then it's like that's kind of part of the charm of it really you know it kind of adds to the feng shui or whatever the fucking whatever fucking term you want to say it like kind of adds to the element of it you know the appeal and the instrumentals too i feel like the sampling that they did within those two songs whether it was like faith collapsing or dream song they just to do that to do it well to blend you know a sample and music they did it just a plus like there's no flaws when they did that those two songs did a great job in them it's crazy too like um the main guy al like his longevity that he's had in this band and like his commitment because he's been with it since the start right and they're like almost like 15 albums in right now and they're about to it looks like release another one and they're still touring like it's that's nuts dude and they they've had like through multiple lineups changes in their in their group like i was looking at at the the wikipedia page um but he's like just stuck with it the whole time that's fucking commitment dude and that's that's love of your craft and what you're doing and um that's you know that's recognized and that says something a lot for him as an artist still doing it still making music and you know touring doing shows it, it it shows a lot it does you know because and it, i didn't realize that was something i didn't even know about ministry i thought it was like a band band i didn't realize that he was pulling what i call uh pulling a trent Reznor and being a one-man band uh i thought it was like a full-on thing you know i didn't realize that this album was basically him and two different ba- two different bassists and like two different drummers you know like he recorded like a lot I just I don't know that is what makes it so much more interesting to me it's like how the fuck like what was going on <laughs> and then you look into the backstory of like him at the time and you're like oh he was not within his mind <laughs> he was he was not fucked at all. up not at all Jason's <laughs> out the studio with the chair you know trying to hit him over the head because I don't like the way the song sounds but, it, you know, you can hear it in the music, uh, but they did it so well, you know, to come out with an album like that. And I think in 89, it was probably hard to, you know, catch on to for a lot of people. I think it's more appreciated now, like with what you said, Dorian, like Manson was probably this. Other artists were probably listening to this. This is a staple for them. Um, so definitely set the tone for that that genre and beyond. Right, because it's it's still crazy to me to think about it, right? It's because it sounds like a bunch of stuff that came out in like 2000 like you could have told me this came out in 2004 and i'd be like for sure yeah absolutely and then you're like 1989 and it's like no that's like when def leppard was still doing shit right like no like this didn't come out then and it's like yeah you know it, it fucking did 
And so that's wild that it it was like a time release pill, you know, like it didn't you didn't see the influence that it actually had until 10, 15 years later, which is like I've said, I've said it multiple times, but it's it's so wild to think about. Like you had a whole other movement happen before the industrial new metal movement came around, because, you know, you could even say that ministry influenced that, you know, movement within uh, metal music. Uh, and so it's like you had grunge and everything being like as huge as it is way more popular than industrial music ever has been. And it lasted five years of like main popularity. And then industrial came after it. It's like, how the fuck, man? Like (laughs) we missed the boat. We let something else grow and fall right before our eyes. And then it's like, oh yeah, I remember ministry from 1989. Oh yeah. That shit actually kind of kicks ass. And now here's 17 bands that sound like that. So (laughs) I'm glad you guys liked it. Yeah. Thanks for bringing it up, man. I, you had mentioned, remember when we uh, went bowling when Jake uh, got promoted Mm -hmm. and I, you rode in my car, I played a ghost main song and you said, this sounds like ministry. And I was like, Oh, okay. I've never, I was like, I've never listened to ministry, and I think I might have heard Thieves or something mm-hmm. based off of that conversation. So I'm glad that we finally got to cover, like, a full album of theirs. When you brought this up, I was like, fucking finally. I've been waiting for him to bring this one up. So thanks for bringing it up. I fucking thoroughly enjoyed it, in case you couldn't tell by my industrial metal diatribe I just went on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So do you want to dive into top threes? You guys got any closing arguments? I don't. I just went on my closing argument, so I'm good. <laughs> so no, yeah, that was good. I I really liked it. Um, another one to you know throw in the books of artists that I hear of a lot but never actually listen to. So, um, and that show, you have to let me know how it goes because it sounds like it's gonna be a fucking blast. It's gonna be nuts. <laughs> That's gonna be sick, dude. I've got a great seat. I'll be in the balcony just watching below. Watch oh. those. Crazy. It's gonna be so sick. Fuck yeah, man. Let's top three it up. Hit it, baby. Cool. Uh, honorable mention, kind of a duo. We got Dream Song and Face Popsing. Uh, number three, So What? Real fun track there. I like that song lyrically for what it stands for and whatnot. Number two, we didn't really like to talk about this song at all, but I think it's a cool thing. Uh, Test uh, with K Light doing the, the hip hop rendition of bars. I guess they were in the same studio recording together and they. I think Al went over to him and liked what he was doing, so he invited him back over, and that's how this song came to fruition. It's just a, I like the message behind that song. And then title track, or not the title track, but the, the, the beginning track, Thieves, is my favorite um, It sets the tone, the full metal jacket sample. Um, it's just all over the place. It's so good. It's a song I can play over and over again, never get tired of. Hell yeah, brother. Yeah, great picks. Uh, honorable mentions for me, Never Believe. Uh, really liked that. Uh, I felt like the song, like they're like the instrumentation almost didn't work at all together, but it did. Like it was on border, it was bordering on being just the most chaotic thing I've ever listened to in my life, but it worked. And it was like, I was like, only Aldro, I was like, only this could, you know what I mean? I was like, those, you can't insert any of those parts into any other piece of music and have them work. I was like, so that's wild. Uh, anyway, breathe uh, the chanty vocals on that. Uh, breathe, you fucker. Uh, liked that as well. Uh, number three for me was thieves. 
Loved that song. Uh, thought it was a great way to open the album. Number two, So What. Uh, Love that song. Great bass line on that. Uh, I was telling Jacob, uh, I, by the time I was done listening to the albums this morning for my uh, notes, I just had my bass in my lap and was just learning bass lines off of y'all's albums. <laughs> so I did. Uh, I learned So What. That was really fun. Uh, and then Cannibal Song was the first one I did, but that was like the night you introduced me to this album. So uh, Cannibal Song was number one, my favorite one. Uh, really liked that. Kind of had a jungly feel to it. And Matt, you will either hate this or agree with me. He kind of hits some like Rob Halford, like high notes with his vocal, like screams on that. And it fucking does something for me. I'm like, that's impressive. I love that. So shout out uh, Cannibal Song, my favorite off the album. Nice. Hell yeah, I'm seeing a trend. We have like almost all of us the same songs in the top three. Um, Honorable mention for me, I'm going to go Thieves. Um, I like that, especially for an intro and an album. An intro is always the first statement, and they nailed it. Uh, number three, I'm going Cannibal Song. Uh, number two, Test. I love that hip-hop that they add into it. And then my favorite song, So What? Thanks. So What, man. So What. Great album. Uh, also, I did like an acronym for your album to put it in my notes. And it's uh, T-M-I-A-T-T-T-T. Uh, the mind is a terrible thing to taste. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. <laughs> I was like, that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. I'm glad you're on the same page. Yeah. Uh, fuck yeah. Uh, so that was 1989's uh, The Mind is a Terrible Thing to Taste by Ministry. Uh, Matt's pick for this week, episode 66 of What You Spinning. We'll be right back to wrap it up and talk about my pick. It's What You Spin. Peace. Hell yeah. Ow. Well, fellas, let's go ahead and wrap this bad baby up. Talk about my pick for this week. Uh, one that, like I said when I brought it up, it's at least worth talking about. Um, so I'm excited to hear what y'all have to say about it. It's uh, 2014's Wolf Girl by Machine Girl. Uh, at the time, was just a producer, uh, electronic uh, artist, uh a year later he added a percussionist to the mix uh anyway i'm i have other things to say about it to point out uh but what do y'all think about it have you known have you had this album for a while have you known about it for a while or you just stumbled across it i stumbled upon it back in november i want to say kind of newer to you okay yeah kind of newer to me i had i knew of the name machine girl uh, they did one of the first things that he did was a series of Jet Set Radio mix, uh, remixes. And I love the soundtracks to those video games. And mm-hmm. so he did remixes. And I knew of him from that, but I never listened to him. I just was like, oh, the Machine Girl remixes. And then uh, when I did, when I got into day lists, there was this, it's the same one that I've referenced a couple of times, man. It's fucking weird. It's this one day list. It was a Tuesday. It gave me Machine Girl, Grateful Dead, uh, <laughs> what? weird, it, like Rufus Do Soul, it threw in there. Uh, 
all sorts of shit. Like it was a wild day list and it was like based off of what I listened to. And I was like, at that time, I was like, I have done all sorts of crazy shit on a Tuesday morning. Uh, but anyway, yeah, it gave me Ghost and Frenessy uh, in that playlist. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is fantastic. And so from then on, I've just, I've loved it. So I, I love it, dude. I don't know how you found this. Um, I don't know what decided to make you listen to the whole thing, but it's fucking awesome. It's fucking <laughs> awesome, dude. Um, I I like you know like beats and breaks and mm-hmm. like electronic and house music. This is similar, but it's not. Right. It has everything, dude. It has like some dubstep drops. It has some funk. It has some techno. It has some jungle music. Like it's all over the place, and it shouldn't mm-hmm. work. But it fucking does. It works so fucking good. Um, it doesn't make sense that it that it's as good as it's it as should good be. as it is. Mm-mm. It's like, uh, and it's at times it feels like uh, you had a big project due and you didn't start working on it until the night before it was due, and like it feels rushed and you know like thrown together. And it's like, but then you really start like digging or like really sitting there and dissecting these songs, and you're like this is actually fucking genius. Like the way that this song is composed and laid out and put together is actually out of this fucking world. Uh, so it's insane. Like that at base level, it's like, this is like New York basement music. Like, what the fuck is this? Like, and then it's like, no, this is actually very well thought out shit. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like something you would hear, like just in like an abandoned warehouse, like, where people wear nothing but trench coats and like all black gear and like it sounds like dance dance revolution music but like if satan challenged you to dance dance revolution this is what would be playing it's fucking nuts dude (laughs) it's crazy um but i love every every part about it everything about it it's really cool i like those like funk aspects like i like i've been getting more into brazilian funk um and this kind of resembles a little bit of it, but it's it's got everything, man, and it flows really well. Um, it's got some really cool samples, like from the first track, uh, it samples um, Mega Man, like a Mega Man background when it has her vocals of the movie Machine Girl. Um, it's fucking awesome, dude. I'm I'm in love with this. It's really good. Yeah, when I first put this album on, <clears throat> I was like, oh, I think Ministry is going to be pretty heavy. And the opening track with MG1 hits you in the face, and it just de- never lets up. And it it's so good with the sampling again that they do. It, I mean, they blend it really well together. They use so many different samples from so many different people, I was just thrown off. I'm like, they're sampling Minor Threat, Godspeed You Black Emperor, Tyler's in there, uh, a Ghost in the Shell, a Ginger Snaps horror movie. Like, there's so many random samples in the album. I was a fan right away, and I was like, fuck, yeah. And each song kind of grows on you. Um, Out by 16, Dead on the Scene, just caught my attention immediately and kind of helped me just ease into how much I appreciate what they were doing musically. It's, it's really cool how they blended the sampling and just all those different uh, electronic instruments. It's a great album. And it sounds newer than 2014, too. I think it's it's a great representation of them doing a unique spin on, like, like punk, electro, hardcore. I don't even know what it is. Like you can't describe it. I saw a lot of definitions online earlier today about people trying to pigeonhole it and 
put it in a genre. It's so many different things that I don't think you can, honestly. It's so good. I liked it. It really is. It's it's almost impossible to put it into anything. And it has just so many... While it does, you know, some tracks you almost think sound the same when you really sit down. That's the thing is, like, to fully appreciate this album, you have to sit down and tear it apart. Mm-hmm. Really. You know, you have to take it down to the fact of how, like, heavily sampled it is. And then, you know, songs like Ghost in particular, I was sitting down, <laughs> I was in the, we were in the living room and I was explaining to my girlfriend, I was like playing this, I was like, oh, I want to listen to some Machine Girl, uh, you know, just kind of get me ready for tomorrow. And I threw on Ghost and I had to like replay the second half of it and like break it down for her. I was like, no, this is fucking insane because it just sounds like Sonic the Hedgehog, but this is like there's layers to this <laughs> like i was like mm-hmm. because they do this thing where they have you know the main like and they go away from it and they act like they're building up to a drop or you know transitioning into something different and then they go right back to the main theme and then when they change to something else it's like a harsh cut and it's like what the fuck but then it's like that's actually so genius because it's like the biggest musical cock tease you're like oh it's going somewhere different no right back to that thing with clackers added this time it's like why (laughs) like it doesn't make sense the best way that i can describe it also it kind of sounds like metal mario on crack like when you get metal mario and you know like (laughs) yeah it sounds like that but just like insane just all over the place and it's 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 fantastic it's so good and like the cover art too of like the wolf with like the kanji on the side and the bottom like it just adds so many layers to it uh it's beautiful dude yeah it's it's something else man because it is the sampling on it and everything really add another layer to it uh then it does like there's a little bit of everything on it you know uh and then you think about it and it's like oh it makes sense that they ended up doing a video game soundtrack because that's all that this is it's metal mario on crack it's you got the star in mario kart it's insert something here like it's wild it's crazy uh and the fact that it was it's just some guy at this point but you know now it's uh you know they have the drummer and everything but it's like what was going on in 2014 like this genre and it's also this is like super small this is also you know like Aphex Twin, you know, like I feel like not many people like Aphex Twin is like known, but not at the same time. It's kind of weird. And it's like, that's what this genre is. If you said, oh, breaks and beats, somebody would be like, that sounds like British breakfast. But then you play something like Machine Girl and they're like, oh, I know exactly what you're fucking talking about. Uh, So it's it's interesting. It's wildly. I don't know. I think it's influential to some degree. There's got to be. And there's got to be, you know, traces of this out there somewhere. I don't know. It makes me want to do crazy shit. So <laughs> I'm glad that y'all liked it. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have been listening to this um, in 2014 because it's, you know, like with dubstep and all that, like that, it had its moment. But this is like similar, but it's it's not. And it feels like it fits in today's music so much better than it does right. in 2014. It's strange. It's weird. But I like weird, and I really dig this album. Hell yeah. 
me too. But like a lot of people do too, if we can't even find it. Um, and it's been, you said, repressed five different times. Yeah, like they've done like five different drops of it <laughs> on like just through Bandcamp. Uh, there's copies of it on Discogs, but it's like <clears throat> there's a massive price jump because I think people realize like if somebody really wants this album, they'll pay $150 for it or whatever. So, but yeah, anyway, I'm glad that y'all liked it. Do we have any closing arguments or should we top three it up? I, lo- I like the pick. Very glad you brought it up. I think we definitely need to talk about it and I'll be looking out for it too if we can find it. Oh yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad I was able to. I was. It was one thing I was really trying to get myself not to bring up. I was like, dude, you just can't. I was like, I don't know if it's like. Sometimes you know, I don't know if this happens to y'all, but like sometimes I get like gun shy about bringing something up. I'm like, this is gonna be. It's gonna be like someone driving the lane in the NBA championships and then just like getting rim checked in open traffic. You know, like it's just like <laughs> it's like you've got the open dunk and you get rim checked bringing up an album that flops. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that I pulled the trigger and brought it up. But uh, let's top three here. Uh, I'll go first. Honorable mentions, Hidden Power. Love a good nine-minute track. Randomly, at the end of an album at that. Um, And that one was... Out of all of the songs that could have been nine minutes, it was that one, you know? Like, it kind of had a more, like, bonus-level, like... uh, Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog 2 bonus level music. Uh, I loved that. Uh, another honorable mention for Nessie, the second song off of this album I heard. Uh, and then 321, Crystal, uh, the second like full song on this album, insane. Um, there's just, yeah, I, I just, yeah, sorry. I can't get over the sampling, like just the music, like the movie sampling off of this. It's like, fuck, Ooh. man, now I have to go watch Superfly and Machine Girl which just seems mm-hmm. like Japanese Sharknado. Like, it seems like one of those, like, movies. It is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a girl with a freaking machine gun arm just trying to yeah. avenge her brother. That was, like, it. it's fucking, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it sounds sick. I need to go, I need to figure out how to see it. Uh, but anyway, Crystal, number three. Number two was Ghost. And then number one, as Matt kind of alluded to earlier, Out by 16, Dead on the Scene. Just once that fucking drop like comes in it's so random and then just the rather be dead sample is just uh it's just so good great song great album uh wolf girl yes 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 everything about this man it's so good um honorable mention i'm going ionic funk 20xx battle music um the first actual song that I heard, like I heard the first one and it's just kind of an intro, but this like was actual the jump, I feel like to the album and it's right in your face, right in your face, right on the get. Um, three, two, one, number three, I'm going out by 16, dead on the scene. Fantastic song. Um, number two, free will. And then my favorite song, ginger claps, man, I could not get enough of ginger claps love that song and then it goes right into ghost and then it just yeah dude this yeah. whole album just snowballs into itself it's so good yeah it, once you you're right though like once you get into ginger claps it really does start to really go but yeah you're right uh for me honorable mention would be the opener mg1 sets the tone early on and it just opens the door to this album uh then three two one uh hidden power i like that track 
number two, Ginger Claps, and then of course Out by Sixteen, Dead on the Scene was my favorite track. Really cool pick, unique. I'm glad you up, Dorian. Hell yeah, I'm glad that y'all loved it as much as I did. Um, once again, shout out that day list, man. I don't know, <laughs> like, it's crazy. This one, this one random day list uh, spawned a lot of shit. Um, but yeah, that was Wolf Girl by Machine Girl. And as one of the samples says, if you like crazy Japanese movies, then Machine Girl's definitely for you. But uh, I'll add something to that. If you like Sonic the Hedgehog, go ahead and fucking listen to this album. It's fantastic. Uh, that was my pick for this week. This episode 66 of What You Spinning. We'll be right back to introduce what's coming next time. Peace. Okay, okay. It's time for everybody's favorite piece of business here on the streets of What You Spinning. Uh, it's time to let y'all know what's coming up next time around. We go in the order that we covered today's albums in, which means, Jake, my friend, what you got for me? Patient Zero. What's coming next yes. time? Yes, so... Uh, this is an artist that we've talked about both individually before plenty, multiple times. Um, this is 2014's Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib Pinata. Ooh. <laughs> yes. 2014. This is one of the renditions of it. There's multiple covers of it. Um, Going sick. back to hip-hop, it's been a while since we brought up hip-hop, and I feel like this is one definitely should have come up long ago, so... Yes. Yeah. Mad Lib and Freddie Gibbs, Pinata. Nice. Uh, I'm going to stick in the 80s again, and so, like, go in unison with the ministry show I'm going to. I'm going to bring up the artist, which I brought up once before, um, second album from 1980, uh, Telecon by Gary Newman. Telecon, yes. Oh, I'm making an audible. I'm doing an audible. Audible, all right. It's revisit episode part two, baby boy. Uh oh. Uh, where is it? And I, I only think, I think Jake, you might have one album by this guy that you want to bring up, but if not. This is me putting a cap on Kendrick Lamar. It's To Pimp a Butterfly by Kendrick Lamar. It's a revisit episode 2.0, baby boys. Yeah. Damn. It happened again. <laughs> the hip-hop powerhouse in this, dude. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was like, uh, you know, if Matt's going to revisit... And Jake's doing a revisit. I had to talk myself off of a ledge of not doing that album this morning. Um, so, yeah, I'll take a break from doing hardcore stuff, and I'll go hip-hop with you. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> a little like drama it. here. It's a little WWE action on what you spin in. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Uh, no, that's going to be sick. Two, two hip-hop albums for the first time since episode... Uh, Shit, I looked back. Like it's been a while. We haven't done hip hop for a while uh, since the bracket. 
Uh, so that'll be fun. And then some good old Newman. We yeah. love some G. We love some Gare Bear. Gare Bear. Um, and love that you did that right before, you know, right around you going to see him. Like, that'll be fucking cool. Yeah. So uh, I look forward to hearing how that show goes. I look forward to listening to some Gary Newman and then obviously Pinata and then Kendrick. Um, but yeah, anything we want to say to the people? Be safe out there. Listen to music. Yeah. It's so much good music out there. Go find it. It's waiting for you. Mm hmm. Don't be afraid to. Yeah, don't be afraid to listen to stuff. <laughs> Do it. Hell yeah. It's what you spin in episode 66. I'm Dorian. That's Jake. That's Matt. Uh, follow us on Instagram at what you spin and follow me at Dorian Dilly at Vinyl Tables. Uh, find us everywhere you can get podcasts, uh, Spotify, YouTube, Apple. Uh, I did a Google search and there's like random podcast things that because we have an RSS feed, we're now on. Uh, so shout out to that. Uh, yeah, um, things are looking good. Last episode did really well. Uh, be a friend, tell a friend, uh, tell someone you love them, give somebody a hug, give them a high five, uh, and eat some good food. Uh, peace out. Mm-hmm.